Hello, everyone, and welcome to Happiness Through Hardship, the podcast. I'm Karen Sullivan, the founder of Pretty Wellness, a two-time breast cancer survivor thriving with stage four disease and author of the book that shares the same name as this podcast, Happiness Through Hardship. I'm also a girl who wishes on pennies. I try to see the good in everything, even when life is not so great. But sometimes it takes a little more. And this podcast will provide you with what worked well for me, success stories of people that have been through hard times, and simple suggestions that brought hope, resources, and connections. I hope you've been able to catch our recent episodes, including the one with highly acclaimed husband and wife duo and co-authors of Anti-Cancer Living, Dr. Lorenzo Cohen and Allison Jeffries, or some of our earlier interviews focused on parenting, including an interview with NBC Sunday Night Football's Michelle Tafoya, talking infertility and adoption, as well as Christine Saintville, who shares best practices for homeschooling and digital learning. If you've liked these episodes or others, please do me a favor, rate, review, and subscribe. Your efforts truly will help this podcast get noticed and help us inspire so many more people. Or if you're a social media fan, please take a screenshot of this podcast now while you're listening and tag us at Pretty Wellness on whatever social media platform that you love. And now for this episode... I am thrilled to introduce you to Camille Hammond, Senior Vice President of Partnership Marketing and Media Sales at Kroenke Sports and Entertainment, home of the NBA's Denver Nuggets, NHL's Colorado Avalanche, and more. Camille is a bright, dynamic, and experienced executive and a thoughtful and strategic role model. She spent most of her career looking forward, pursuing job opportunities, and focusing solely on her career believing that a family would come when it was supposed to. Then in her mid-30s, she realized that her family would not likely be created, quote-unquote, the traditional way. She started looking into ways that she could have a child on her own. Camille is brave, beautiful, and shares her story, providing inspiration and tips for women considering having a child on their own. So please, grab your favorite drink, get cozy, and let's get started. Hello, everyone. I am thrilled to introduce you to Camille Hammond, a marketing and sales dynamo with much success in sponsorship, event marketing, business development, and strategic direction. She's worked for sports teams and large multimedia and entertainment companies such as Cronky Sports and Entertainment, Clear Channel, and Disney and ESPN Media Networks. She's not only a keen businesswoman, recently recognized as a woman to watch in the Rocky Mountains area, but she's also known as a caring mentor to so many. Now, I met Camille when we were both in the affiliate sales and marketing department at ESPN, and I knew right away that she was someone I could trust and befriend. Not only did we connect with a similar career path, that we both used to work for sports team before that, but she loved to talk fitness as well as leadership, specifically how to motivate others around us. And let me tell you, she did a great job doing it. Now, Camille has always been known as a thoughtful mentor, leader, and role model. And while her jobs on paper made her look like her life looks so fabulous 
which it was in many ways, but in other ways, she really longed to have a family of her own. Now, many of us women often think about how our biological clock may be ticking. So rather than harp on what wasn't happening, Camille went and created a family on her own. I am excited to introduce you to Camille, and she is going to share her story with us today. Hi, Camille. Hi, Karen. Thank you so much. That was so nice. Wow. Well, you know, I think the world of you and what I didn't get into was how back in the day we used to have a fitness competition called Hard Body. I don't know what year it was, 2008, 2009. And I don't know. I think my organization maybe motivated me to work out, but fitness has always been something I think that has been such a part of your life. Absolutely. Um, really from the beginning, uh, my dad played professional basketball, so it's kind of in the DNA. And I was a swimmer, so swam on a swimming scholarship through college and have always just loved health and wellness and fitness. And it's it's really kind of been the foundation for everything I do. Um, I get up and do my Peloton every morning, run, lift, yoga, you know, you name it. It's really what I love to do. Well, and that is, I know that's something we're going to talk about as we jump into your story because, I mean, so many people who listen to this podcast know that, yeah, I used to like health and fitness beforehand, but it wasn't until my stage four diagnosis that I really went and embraced wellness because it provides so many benefits to us from a stress reduction standpoint, you know, even when we're really busy. Absolutely. And, you know, it's funny that you say that because I think initially it was more fitness and weight management for me. Yeah. And then as I have become older, um, you know, I, I've really kind of taken a deep dive into the wellness side of it and how important that is for your mental and physical well-being, you know, especially during, you know, kind of this time of COVID, the mental component of it is so important. Oh, I mean, goodness, you and I could go on a whole nother conversation about all that because <laughs> whether it's COVID, whether it's the stress of just a hard job or, hey, what we're here to talk about today, parenting, mm-hmm. there's so many reasons why embracing wellness is such a benefit. So let me dive into and ask you to share with the listeners your story and how it, it really did start with this hardship of wanting a family. Um, absolutely. So, you know, I, I think I always, you know, kind of looked at my life as, you know, being wide open and pursuing career goals, determining what I wanted to do for myself. And I don't know that I ever put family and put, you know, finding a significant other as a priority. I thought that's mm-hmm. going to come it will come when it's meant to be. It's no issue. I will just really, really focus on, you know, my career and what I want to do in that space and and to keep looking at options that I wanted to pursue. So I did that. And, you know, I got to probably my mid-30s and I was like, oh gosh, you know, <laughs> um, I, I do want a family. And my brother had kids actually when he was very young and he married his college sweetheart. You know, they had a baby a year after getting married. They were, you know, 24, 25. And I was super, super close to his kids, to my nephews. And the closer I got to them and the older I got, I just thought, you know, this is, 
this is a void that I'm feeling in my life. I really do want to find a way to make this happen. And so, you know, I I kept hoping that I would meet somebody and I hope that it would happen kind of, I guess, the quote unquote old fashioned way, the Mm -hmm. traditional way. And I, I just, I wasn't meeting anyone, nor did I really have the time to kind of put myself out there. I'm an introvert by nature. I'm not super, you know, I'm not into the bar scene or anything like that. So it just, you know, long story short, it wasn't happening for me. Um, When I was about 38, I think it was, I decided to go to see a doctor, you know, to see if there was a way to freeze my eggs. And I thought, you know, I will at least have them. I know that I'm getting old, older, you know, from a maternal standpoint. And I didn't want to miss out on the opportunity. So I, you know, consulted with a number of different people, um, had recommendations. I went to see a few doctors and I landed on one and we talked about freezing eggs. And I thought this will still give me the opportunity to find, you know, the right man and, and you know, kind of go about it that way. And during the process, um, I was talking to the doctor and I thought, you know what, why am I waiting? Why don't I just take the leap right now? I'm not getting any younger. Um, I don't know how this is going to shake out. So I went in, we determined kind of what the whole process was, and I decided to take the leap. <laughs> it was really, I, I don't want to say a split decision because I had been thinking about it for a long time, but I think the decision to do it at that point in time versus freezing and waiting yeah. was a little bit more of a split decision. Okay. So can I ask you in making these decisions, because again, it's not traditional and it's not like you're going to call up your friend next door and be like, hey, like here's what's happening today. How did you process this information that you were learning about and who did you confide in for the support? Um, so from a processing standpoint, you know, I don't know that I, I really did. It was a lot to take in. Um, and my mom was really the person that I confided in. She knew, you know, how close I was to my nephews and how the longing to become a mother had become stronger and stronger over the years. You know, so I talked to her and I just said, you know, this is what I am thinking. What do you think? And she was from minute one, really incredibly supportive and just said, I know you can do it. She's like, it's not traditional. It's not, you know, the way that you probably wanted it or even the way that I envisioned it. But she's like, of anyone who I think can do it, I think you can, you know, and she was just, I don't know, it really helped me in a lot of ways because she was supportive right away. And I was worried because my mom comes, you know, from a very religious background, a very traditional background. And I thought she might think it was weird, Mm -hmm. you know, for lack of a better word. Um, And she didn't at all. Her reaction was really surprising to me. And I think that's what gave me the courage. Had she had hesitation or had she, you know, kind of approached it in a different way. I might've had second thoughts, but she was so behind me that I thought, okay, I can do this, you know? And she said, you know, with her grandsons, my nephews, she's like, I realized when they were born that I was put on this earth to be a grandmother. And I would be so excited for my daughter 
to have this and for me to be grandmother to your babies. Oh, my goodness, Camille, I'm (laughs) crying. (sighs) Yeah, so it was, and honestly, I, I don't know that I ever fully processed it, but as soon as you know, I kind of got her blessing in a way. I'm like, I'm going to do this. I can do this. And I think I was a little naive. Right. We all are. (laughs) I mean, you don't know what you don't know. Right. Um, You know, and so after I talked to her, then I also, you know, talked to my brother and my dad and, you know, just some other family members and really everyone was kind of excited about it. So it made it a little bit easier to kind of take that final leap. Wow. So, I mean, amazing. It sounds like in some ways what you're saying is when one, when you, when we have support, there's almost nothing we can't do because we've got that support of people around us to help us move forward, whether it's a good day or it's a not so good day. Exactly. I think that makes all the difference, you know, is just having that and being able to share kind of the fears and the insecurities too, because there was a lot of that, you know, and, and what does this mean and how am I going to do it? And, you know, is it going, you know, because through the whole process that I was looking at, you know, it, could be a donor process or it could be a friend or it could be, you know, all of these different things, you know? And so I had a lot of questions and I had just a lot of insecurities about it. And so having, having the support and having the okay just um, gave me the peace of mind to continue to move forward, even though I was scared. So I think what you just said a moment ago is really important because in so many decisions we make, let alone a decision as magnificent as this one, is we all have insecurities. We mm-hmm. all, in some ways, may second guess those, you know, in the moments of things that we're doing. And there are other ways that you helped yourself get through, especially in those beginning stages, besides relying on your mother, your brother, your your family. Um, you know, there were other ways and I know that we talked about, um, you know, kind of the wellness journey and kind of the, the health component at the beginning. I think that was a big part for me. You know, I kind of leaned into that side of who I am and and with yoga and meditating and, and figuring out all of that. And then, Honestly, I reached out to another person um, who was really close to me and actually, you know, somebody that I had dated on and off for many, many years from graduate school on and reached out to him and and got his thoughts and feedback on it as well, which kind of changed the whole trajectory of the conversation. (laughs) Well, and, and that's a beautiful thing. Like when you're able to find other people that can help you with the support and, and then with the process of it as well. So Mm -hmm. for, I think there, I mean, I know in my own career experience, I had a few conversations with women who did not have a significant other that wanted to have a family. And so Mm -hmm. they questioned doing a, a similar route as you. Can you talk a little bit about the process for those that might be listening now, whether it's for them or somebody that they know? You, you initially said you went to a, a, a doctor to look uh-huh. at the options. What were they and what would the process be? 
So I went to an IVF specialist. And as I mentioned, I had a number of recommendations um, from friends who had had a difficult time getting pregnant. So who weren't necessarily in my situation, but who had had, you know, with their significant other, a hard time getting pregnant or, you know, had just had challenges. And actually I was, I was very lucky in that one of the women who was on my team at the time I was with the Disney and ESPN media networks, one of the women, um, was going through it at the exact same time. Her and her husband were having a hard time conceiving and she had done a lot of research as well. And, had kind of narrowed in on CCRM, um, the the place where I ended up going and gave me a lot of the information, kind of shared her journey and her story, which really helped me, you know, to kind of yeah. understand right, right. a different viewpoint. And I ended up going and just having a consultation um, to to explore my options and and to see what I could do. And it was funny. She had warned me that he had no bedside manner (laughs) and he really didn't. Um, (laughs) He was very matter of fact. He's like, okay, you can freeze, but you're getting older and, you know, maybe you don't want to go that route, but we can do that, you know? So we would have to um, do a series of tests, you know, see how many eggs you have, um, you know, and, and kind of go through that process. He also said that I could look at um, harvesting the eggs Mm -hmm. and having those fertilized either through a donor or, you know, through other options. So those were kind of really the, the two that I honed in on. And looked at those two options. Um, And as we were talking about the risks, um, you know, being of advanced age, you know, when you're in your late 30s, they consider that advanced, you know, um, maternal age. So just the risk with freezing, I just thought, you know, why am I going to do this? So I, I decided um, fairly quickly that I was going to go the route of trying to, I, I would do the shots because it's a whole series of things. You have to do shots, you have to get blood work done every day. It's quite an ordeal. Yeah. You know, it, it's not an easy thing. And I decided to do that, you know, pretty quickly. So I think it was about a month and a half. I had to do shots every day. I had to get my blood drawn every single day. They had to check my levels. They had to make sure that everything was coming up. So they, you know, in essence, kind of get your eggs and your ovaries to the healthiest spot where the most eggs are in there that they can pull out. And then once they do that, they see which ones are viable and which ones, um, you know, they can look to, you know, try to fertilize and and create a baby. Um, So I went through that kind of initial process, all of the testing, and I had already actually gotten down the road of kind of starting to get my body and, and my eggs in the best possible position. And I was looking at donor options online, they give you, you know, different donor catalogs and it gives, you know, height, weight, educational background, you know, it's, it's very, um, like reading a book and you kind of read up on everything. You can get a picture, you know, sometimes you can get more detailed information. Sometimes you can't. And that was really stressful. Cause I'm like, Oh gosh, they might look good on paper, but I know nothing about this person. And 
you know, so I, that was also part of the process that I was kind of trying to wrap my head around, which is when, um, I brought up, you know, kind of the ex-boyfriend that we had had a great relationship for many, many years, but knew we weren't meant to be together. And I let him know kind of the whole process of what I was going through. And, um, and he actually offered to be the donor. And what were you thinking when you went into the conversation? Did you think maybe that was an option or were you completely shocked that he would be willing to do that? I was completely shocked. Uh, It wasn't anything that I was expecting, nor did I think it was a good idea at first. Uh Um, (laughs) I thought, oh gosh, this is just terrible. Like, no, I appreciate it, but that's a really awful idea. You know, we have a history. I, it just felt wrong and bad. And he's like, we'll sleep on it. You know, this was after the initial conversation. He's like, sleep on it. Um, I'm going to book a flight out there and we can have the conversation in person. We can talk through all of the different, you know, eventualities and, and what may or may not happen. I can visit with a doctor, see if I'm even a candidate. And he's like, then we'll go from there. And I thought, no, that's not a good idea either. But <laughs> I slept on it. I mm-hmm. called him the next day and I said, okay, we can explore it. And um, I was very, very nervous about using somebody I knew and especially somebody I had dated. I just didn't, I didn't want it to be awkward or weird or, you know, I, I just didn't know. I didn't know what that was going to be like. Um, but he ended up coming out the following week and and we just talked about it for hours and hours. And the more we talked about it, the more comfortable I became because he was somebody I knew, somebody, you know, that I cared for very much. I knew everything about him. I knew his family history. I knew his medical background. I knew everything, um, his temperament, you know, like some of the things that you can't read on an application. Right, right. Um, I knew all of that. And I just thought this, this is right. And I think it was, he was brought into my life at that point, Uh you know, to make that offer for a reason. And I thought, don't be stupid and turn this away for a stranger. And, you know, so I kind of had to put, in a way it was my pride, which is weird to say, but kind of put that aside to see who would be the best option to have a child with. And at the end of the day, I determined it was him and he determined the same thing. Um, And I'm really happy that that's how it happened. (laughs) And, you know, something you you said right now, I feel like it, it resonates in so many ways. It's like in life, the more we put our pride to the side. Ooh, that rhymed. I don't even mean it that way. Um, I think I've been listening to like the Oprah podcast with Eckhart Tolle and you talk about the ego and how sometimes when we're not present and we're thinking so much and we're trying to make things happen the way we think we want them to happen, we start, or and I can say I speak for myself, I start thinking too much and I can talk myself in or out of anything. And sometimes when we just be and we mm-hmm. just look at, uh, in some ways, the facts and what, you know, in this case, what you really wanted to accomplish 
um, it gets a lot less complicated than all, at least for me, than all the thinking and analyzing and uh, that I used to think back in the day were, was a great way for me to make a decision. But I have since tried to lean into um, just some calm and taking some deep breaths and, and looking around and seeing what's presented to me, as in this case, it so- sounds like it happened to you. Absolutely. You know, and I, I really had to think long and hard. I He had to think long and hard, you know, because what he did, I think, was very selfless because he knew that I was doing this on my own. And he knew that, um, you know, at least initially or kind of how it was initially constructed, he wasn't going to be a full-time dad. And that's a lot, I think, to wrap your head around. And I don't think either one of us fully had a grasp, but the fact that I think we both kind of took a step back and thought about kind of the long term and how this could be beneficial across the board, I think was was really good. And honestly, it's something I'm really proud of. And I'm not going to say it wasn't hard. We went yeah. through a lot of hard times and, you know, even after, you know, it, it was it was hard, but it was so worth it. And we got to a really good place. So I want to ask you, because I know that not the end of the story, but so much the end of the (laughs) chapters, you end up having twins. At what point (laughs) in this pregnancy um, did you find that out? Well, almost immediately. Um, So the, you know, they take out all your eggs, they fertilize them. And then it's like a day later, you know, you have the surgery to put them back in. And I think it was a week later. So they have to kind of give a little bit of time kind of for everything, you know, I, for lack of a better word to set in (laughs) and, um, and then they call you and, you know, to let you know if it was a success, Uh you go in and do blood work a week later they take the blood. And then later that day, they call you to let you know if it was a success. And I was actually shopping with my mom, you know, just trying to kill time, Uh waste time. Um, And they called and the first thing they said was, and I forget the numbers, but they said, you know, your levels were, you know, let's just say a thousand. And I was like, oh, okay, well, what does that mean? And they're like, oh no, that's good. You know, that means it worked. That means you're pregnant. And so I just said, well, what was kind of that minimum threshold to say that I was pregnant? And they said 250. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I, I'm like, so I'm like triple that. So what, what does that mean? And, you know, the poor nurse, you know, all she does is call with the results and, and she's like, well, I'm not supposed to say this, you know, over the phone, but given your levels are so high, it likely means multiples. And I didn't know what that means. So we had put in three, you know, because of my age um, and because of what the doctor recommended, we had put in three eggs instead of one or two. And so I didn't know what that meant. I'm like, is that all three? Is like, Uh am I in triplets? Yeah. So it was good news, but it was also a little bit scary. Yeah. 
And I had to wait another week before we could go in and they could really kind of determine, but it was within two weeks that I knew that I was having twins. And so that second week you go in kind of for the initial, um, you know, kind of blood work and exam and, and all of that. And at that point, they're like, you're having two. <sighs> well, and, and go ahead. No, I was just going to say at this point, I guess it was never confirmed, but you had an idea it might be, but I mean, what did you think? Did it hit you as hard the second time you're now getting confirmation? It hit harder oh. because it was like for sure. And I, again, my mother was with me. I only felt sheer and total panic and I was scared to death. And, but my mom said she saw a flash of joy before the panic set in. So she knew it was going to be okay. Uh I did not know Uh it was going to be okay. So I would say for the first probably five to six months of my pregnancy, I was in terror. I thought, I can't do this. This was not what I planned on. I wanted one. I'm single. That's all I can handle. And then at some point very early, again, you know, earlier than normal, they told me it was girls, Uh which was, I wanted one boy. Uh And that's what I had always said. I want one boy. And now I'm getting two girls. I'm by myself. Oh my gosh, what am I going to do? And so it was a little bit of panic, I'm not going to lie, until the idea, I got used to the idea. Well, then what Um, soothed you with this all? Like, was it time? Was it any wise words you got from somebody else that you can share? I wish it was, you know, wisdom. I'm sure that I, I received a lot of it that time, I don't know that I retained any yeah, of it right, right. because I was scared. Right, right. I really, I think it was time. I really do think it was time. And then, you know, I was talking with um, the father and his mom. So it was his older brother than him. And she wanted to try for a girl and ended up having twin boys. And he kind of talked me through that process and how his mom reacted. And I think it was similar, even though she was married, she already had two, two boys. And I I think she was very nervous and scared, you know, so he kind of shared a little bit of that with me and that helped. And he's like, she got through it. You're going to get through it. I, th- I think success stories in any realm of life, any hardship that we're going through, not so much when someone's like, oh yeah, I know someone that that happened to, um, more of the loving stance of, you know what, I-, I hear what you're saying, I can't imagine, however, I know somebody that, um, and it, it worked out well for them, and you know, I, I mean, and that's what sounds like happened to you, and I know that that's yeah. what worked well for me when I go through my hardships. Exactly. You know, it just helps make it a little bit more relatable. Um, And it it just helps you. But honestly, I think time, you know, really ended up making the difference. And, you know, this is, this is what I wanted. And, And this is, 
this is the outcome that God planned. You know, it might not have been my plan. It might not have been kind of what I thought was going to happen. Um, but just wrapping my head around, this is what it is. And, you know, I didn't realize it at the time, but now I could not be more grateful that number two, because they have a built-in best friend and playmate, Uh but also that they're girls. I'm a girl. So I get them. I I know how to help. I know, you know, all of the questions that they're going to have, like, I I know how to answer them. And so there is kind of a hindsight comfort in knowing that it might not have been what I thought was perfect, but it's perfect. Oh, it's so beautiful. Yeah. I, I, I want to jump through the phone and give you like a big, a big <laughs> hug right now. Uh, what advice would you give for other people that are considering doing something similar to what, what you have done? Um, I would say trust your instinct and trust what you know you're capable of, you know, because I think as we kind of said earlier, we all have insecurities. We all have kind of question marks in our lives and things don't, you know, they rarely go as planned, but if you feel like this is something you're passionate about and you know, you think you have the means you do and trust that and trust your instincts. And if it's something that you really want, go for it. You know, and I would say I wasn't the type of woman or girl who just dreamed of being a mom. Like that was not, I didn't plan my wedding. I didn't dream of being a mom I didn't think about things like that. But as I got older, I knew that this was an important piece for me, you know, and for me, it was also trying to have a baby via, you know, being pregnant versus adopting. That was my path. But that doesn't like, I think there are so many ways to get, you know, to what you think your dream is and trust it. Just trust that you can do it because I went through many, many, many times of thinking I couldn't do it. And this is too hard. Even after the girls got here, this is too hard. I can't do it, but you can, you can. And kind of the gifts on the other side of it, you know, are amazing. You know, even when I've been talking to you, you know, one of my daughters was like tiptoeing around and (laughs) trying to get a couple of things and not disturb me with like this cute little look on her face. And I just, you know, I melt every time I see them and they're like the greatest thing in the world, the greatest thing to ever happen to me. And I, had I not taken that leap, I wouldn't know the kind of joy that I have with them. Oh my god, that that's so beautifully said. And I I understand you in that way. Not that our stories are the same, they're very different. But as you know, we didn't know if I'd be able to have a baby because of the yeah. chemotherapy. And so when I was able to have my miracle baby Kyle, I mean, I think the nurses in the maternity ward thought I was crazy because I could not stop crying as soon as he was born. I think through my whole pregnancy, I was like yeah, I was nervous. And 
So, but to your point, there's so many times that my child, that your children, that all, all of our children really are, are a gift to us that in, you know, in some ways a stressful gift, but in other ways, a, a really beautiful, create joy from, from anything type of gift. So can you share with us, tell me, you know, this podcast happiness through hardship, like what are some things that you and the girls may do together that bring you a lot of joy, especially right now when we're all kind of like looking for things to smile at? Okay. Well, one of the things that brings us so much joy right now, <laughs> which is a little bit weird. Oh, I can't, wait. Um, is, I can't wait. I don't know if you're familiar with the boy band BTS, but they are, they are a K-pop. They're a Korean yeah, boy uh-huh, band. Uh-huh. They are phenomenal. Okay. And w- they introduced me to them probably two months ago. So, Our like favorite thing, like in the morning, we do a little dance party to BTS. And then at night we all play, like we each have one video that's our favorite. And we play that before we go to bed and we snuggle and we sing and it's, I love it. Like it's so fun. And I would never know who BTS is without them. Oh my goodness. I I love so many things that you've just said because I'm all about dance parties. I think that sometimes dancing, and I'm not talking like amazing dancing. I'm talking about turning on my lighted disco ball and it's multicolored and dancing to whatever it might be. Oftentimes by myself or now with my dog, because I think my do- my uh, son thinks he's too cool to actually dance with me. But I love that. Like, like That makes me just smile. Uh, you know, it's funny. I've been saying a lot lately that I used to be so fun. Like, where did all the fun go to? And, and I don't know if it's, uh, whether it's the last few years or just life in general, I've, I just haven't been as fun, funny, goofy as I used to be. Although I will say as a parent, we do have, you know, healthy living means so much to me. And, and so I definitely have instilled, like a lot of that to, you know, for Kyle and and for my husband as well. And I think my favorite, like, I don't know if this isn't fun, but the listeners who have been following me for a while know that, that gratitude's a big deal to me. And, and Kyle and I came up with the gratitude game that we play every night or most nights. And while it's not like dancing and singing through the hallways type fun, I really love crawling in bed with him at night and knowing that we've got this practice that we do. Or, you know, I, practice just sounds like such a preachy word. It's really just we hang out in bed and we cuddle and we talk about what we're grateful for. And of course, because he's a boy and he has to beat me, we made it into a little bit of competition, hence the name The Grateful Game. But mm-hmm. anyway, would you play The Grateful Game with me to close out this episode? Absolutely. All right, so I will start. As I said, Kyle and I will play this most nights and we give each other a time amount, like a minute or so, and then we have to say what we're grateful for and why. So I will start and then I will toss it to you. I am going to start by saying, and this is going to sound silly, but I am so grateful for some of the corporate roles I had that allowed me to travel, especially now that we're all in this place where we're not 
traveling like we used to. I used to love Camille when I would come out to the Denver office and I would get to hang out with so many of you who I considered friends, you know, some of which I I became very close with, but also I had a college friend there and everywhere I feel like I would go in some of my travels for work, I probably knew somebody from college or from growing up. And so they were almost like a moment of a vacation and a night out or staying overnight at someone's place. And so I was maybe seeing the sights wherever I might have gone. So I really will say I'm grateful for some of the business travel that turned to fun travel in my past uh, corporate career. And I have so many memories from all that. Um, let's see. Besides like my friends, my family, my uh, the food that's on my plate, I'm grateful for, and I mentioned this earlier, I'm looking at a jean jacket right now that's in my office. I never really used to wear jackets. I was never much of a layer, a girl that layered stuff. And lately I got a few new jean jackets and it's funny like just adding a jacket to something, you look all put together. And so I'm really grateful for two of my new jean jackets that I have. So anyway, (laughs) there I I hit it on on two. I'm going to toss it to you. Oh my gosh, I have to think. Um, You know, I I know this is a little bit cliche and I know that this is what we've been talking about you know, the last however many minutes, but I really am grateful um, that I have two kids right now in COVID who are the same age because they really do entertain each other and they kind of keep each other like super happy because I am on calls, I think all day long. Um, And, you know, I'm grateful that they have each other. You know, so I know that that's a little bit family-ish. Um, it's beautiful. And I'm trying to, yeah, and I'm trying to think, you know, I know that you mentioned jean jackets and clothing. <laughs> uh-huh. I really am grateful for all the leggings that I get to wear because normally I am in high heel shoes and dressed up and the whole thing. And I don't know that I've worn anything but leggings for the last six months. And I really am loving it. It's going to be hard to go back, (laughs) really hard to go back. Well, and I will tell you, I know that you have, your career has just, I mean, it skyrocketed years ago. You've done very well. And I am very excited, proud, you know, so glad to know you in in what you've built in your career as well as your personal life now. Uh, I will say as an entrepreneur, I have benefited from really being able to wear leggings. You know, for me, it's been a little more than COVID. And it was really easy for me to figure out how to wear the leggings on the bottom and then the like blazer on the top whenever I would do you know, interviews that way, right? So I've mastered that look. Um, Love it. But anyway, I just jumped into your time. You, um, I should maybe get a foul. I've never done that before. Or you can throw one more at me if you'd like. No, I, I, I think I'm good. Those are the two that I can think of right now. Well, I, I love doing this and it's so funny how it all evolved. I love doing it with the guests because it's not just for you and me having this conversation and just, you know, closing out on things that we love and that makes us happy. It's this moment that I hope everybody who's listening out there can join us and see how easy, hopefully, it can be 
to take a few minutes a day and to think about what you're grateful for and why, because gratitude, the positivity that comes with us can really be healing. Whether you're going through a incredibly tough time, whether it's a disease or even it's just the normal day to day, being grateful can really help put a smile on your face. So Camille, I am so grateful that you were willing to share your story with me and with all of our listeners because I only knew some of this from afar. I didn't know all the details and I'm so honored that you were willing to share it with all of us. And hopefully it brings like infor- information and inspiration to those out there that might be considering going down a similar path. So thank you again. I am sending you a big hug. This has been wonderful. No, thank you so much. I've really enjoyed doing it. And honestly, um, I am grateful that we were able to do this tonight. You know, I think I mentioned when we were chatting earlier that it was kind of a tough day work-wise. And um, it really just reminds me of all of the positive things, you know, in my life to have had this conversation. So I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Well, I'm, I'm glad it worked out that way. And I am so, like I said thankful that you were able to share with me and to share with the listeners. So to everybody out there, I'm sending you a big hug as well. Take care of yourself. Have a great day. Bye for now, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us today. I want to leave you with a quick thought, but first a request. Please take a minute to rate, review, and subscribe. You leaving a review helps us with our podcast ranking. The higher we are ranked, the more people can discover our show. And tell your friends about us too. If you love us, they might as well. And now, my parting words. We play the grateful game at the end of each episode and here is why. After my second diagnosis, I started to research who was thriving with cancer and what they were doing to be well. I learned that wellness is about consistent self-care, creating everyday practices that help improve your body and mind toward a state of good health. And for me, focusing on gratitude brings tremendous positive energy into my life. I am incredibly grateful for the village of friends, family members, doctors, and online pals who help provide support and information to all parents, including myself. There are plenty of books, but not one game plan for being a parent. I love how Camille has figured out what she and her girls love to bring them both joy. I try to tap more into that as well, even if it's only seriously for just a few minutes a day. Now, if you have a simple, fun, or practical parenting tip that brings you joy, we would love to hear from you. And please reach out to us via Instagram at Pretty Wellness, and we will share your thoughts as well. Thanks again for joining us today. I am sending you lots of happiness and great health. Bye for now.